Hello, welcome to Second Impressions, the Pride and Prejudice podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Tom. And we're going through Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice chapter by chapter. And today, we are reading the penultimate chapter of this whole book. But uh, Tom, why don't you give us a quick recap of what happens in the previous chapter, chapter 17. All right, as we all remember, well, just give us a brief reminder. in chapter 17, we basically get to see the reactions of the Bennett family. So Elizabeth tells Jane that she's going to marry Darcy, and Jane is, like, incredulous at first. She can't believe it, but she comes around and, of course, is extremely happy for Elizabeth. Couldn't be happier. Uh, Darcy tells Mr. Bennett, and then Mr. Bennett and Elizabeth have a conversation where Mr. Bennett, like, warns her, like, don't get into this marriage. Like, don't just do this for money. Don't do it unless you really love Darcy. Goes on a whole long rant about it, but <laughs> Elizabeth convinces him that she truly loves Darcy, and he gives his consent. He's like, I already gave my consent to Darcy. You're not going to say no to a Darcy. <laughs> and then the the final challenge, they Elizabeth has to tell Mrs. Bennet, and she is not sure how she's going to react, but she knows it's going to be ridiculous. And she tells her, and Mrs. Bennet is over the moon, couldn't be happier, 10000 a year, and very likely more. <laughs> she's having a great time. All right, and that's that's chapter 17 in a nutshell. So what happens in chapter 18? All right, so in chapter 18, um, we get a very, you know, brief interaction, conversation between Elizabeth and Darcy. They kind of just, I don't know, kind of like go back and just sort of, you know, look back on their re- the relationship in the past year and, you know, like kind of see how they got to where they are now. Um and Elizabeth remembers to write to Mrs. Gardner because she still hasn't responded to Mrs. Gardner's letter. Um, and uh, then Mr. Darcy is put to the test, <laughs> put over the fire, as he has to endure the company of the Collinses who arrive to uh, Hertfordshire, the Lucases, and the Phillips, Phillipses. And that's more or less just how the chapter ends. But let's get right back. Let's get right into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so if chapter 17 is we have to see the reactions from the immediate Bennett family uh, to Elizabeth and Darcy's engagement, this is sort of the extended family and like the friends section. Yeah. Like now it's like the whole town knows and Uh Mr. Darcy is put on parade almost. (laughs) Okay. Chapter Uh, 18. You want to start reading for us? Sure. Elizabeth's spirits soon rising to playfulness again. She wanted Mr. Darcy to account for his ever falling in love with her. Okay. Yeah, if we remember in the last chapter, Elizabeth is just so worried about the reaction from her parents that she can't even enjoy the moment, kind of, right? Yeah, but now it's like everything has been... all Like, everything on her to-do list has been done. Like, she's told the parents, mm-hmm. they've given their blessing... And now she gets to, like, enjoy her engagement. Yes. And so she asked Mr. Darcy, like, why did you fall in love for me? Yeah. Right? How can you With account me? for uh-huh. it? Um, she goes, how could you begin? Said she. I can comprehend your going on charmingly when you had once made a beginning. But what could set you off in the first place? It's just a little more tea. She's she's back to her usual, like, playful self again. Uh-huh, teasing him. So she's basically yeah. saying, like, like... I know that, like, once you get to know me, like, I am endlessly charming. And uh, no one no one could resist my charms. That's a joke. Yeah. yeah. But my question for you is, how on earth did you even start to like me? Right. Yeah. What set you off in the first place? Yeah. Darcy says, I cannot fix on the hour or the spot or the look or the words which laid the foundation for my love, that is. Mm-hmm. 
It is too long ago. Oh boy, does it feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about a year ago now. You're telling uh, me, Darcy. I was in the middle before I knew that I had begun. Mm. So he's like, I don't even know how it started. I was in love with you. Like, I was in the middle of being in love with you before I even knew that I had fallen in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. We could kind of see, if we go all the way back to the early chapters, you know, we can see him thinking about her, her fine dark eyes. Yeah, her, like, him realizing that he had been maybe paying too much attention to her. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, those are, like, little um, stepping stones to falling in love with someone. Okay, well, what does Elizabeth say to this? My beauty you had early withstood. Because <laughs> remember, what uh, did he, what did, what sin did he commit by, by, by um, describing Elizabeth? She's tolerable, but not pretty enough to tempt me. Mm-mm. And as for my manners, my behavior to you was at least always bordering on the uncivil. And I never spoke to you without rather wishing to give you pain than not. Mm-hmm. Now be sincere. Did you admire me for my impertinence? Impertinence meaning what? Like, like almost rudeness. Her like sauciness. Yeah, I her guess. sauciness. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. Well, she says uh, everything I said was bordering on on uncivil. Yeah. So like she admits <laughs> that uh, I was almost rude to you at yeah. first, but he was kind of asking for it, especially after that first first crack on her looks. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, <laughs> my beauty, you had early withstood. Yeah, by <laughs> saying she was, like, ugly. <laughs> That's also a joke. It's almost, like, the way she's phrasing it, it sounds like, oh, you know, somehow he resisted her unresistible beauty, right? Yeah. When actually it was, like, he did not even pay her, like, a second glance uh-huh. at the, the first assembly. Okay. Uh, well, so she asked, did you admire me for my impertinence? Yeah, and Darcy... she basically was like, did you like it that I was, like, being rude to you, uh-huh. like, bordering on uncivil? Darcy says, for the liveliness of your mind, I did like you. Aw. That's a nice answer. Yeah, uh-huh. good save, Darcy. You may as well call it impertinence at once. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the BS, it was impertinence. <laughs> it was very little less. The fact is that you were sick of civility, of deference, of officious attention. You were disgusted with the women who were always speaking and looking and thinking for your approbation alone. I roused and interested you because I was so unlike them. This is bordering on like, I'm not like the other girls territory. Well, I also like that Elizabeth has now decided that she's going to answer her own question. Like, why do you love me? Here's why. Here's the reason. (laughs) Well, yeah, she's she's like, why did you like, why did you love me? Darcy gives an answer and she's like, no, it's because of this. But I think there's something to be said in this. Like, this is true. Well, okay. So there's one person very specifically who she is, like, hinting at when yeah. she says that, you know, I I wasn't, like, deferent, like deferential towards you, right? Mm-hmm. Or officiously seeking your attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, women who speak, like, f- and look for your approbation alone. Who is that? Miss Bingley. Exactly. I'm not like Miss Bingley. Uh-huh. I roused and interested you because I was so unlike them. I, yeah. I think the them can point to, like, all women of, like, Mr. Darcy's social status. Probably, like, he was, like, it's not, I mean, we, we put all the blame on Miss Bingley, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there were many, there are many women, single women, in Darcy's social circle that were, like, Miss Bingley trying to, like, fawn over him and just, like, like, you know, constantly seek his approval and his attention. Right. Which is, you know, ironically, the exact opposite of the kind of person that Darcy's looking for. Uh, well, if you think about it, you know, it, it just makes sense. Like, Darcy is 
this lavishly wealthy man. Like, you're going to want to land him as a husband. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And so most, like, people would think the way to go about, like, landing a rich husband is to be, like, overly, like, kind to him, right? And, like, officious and, like, always complimenting him and, like, acting, like, for his approval, right? right? Right, Where Elizabeth was not interested at all in marrying him from the beginning, so she didn't act like that at all. Right. If, like, the, you know... If women, if ladies, higher, higher born ladies were taught to like, that like in order to seek a husband, you have to like constantly agree with them and flatter mm-hmm. them and seek their approval. Elizabeth did the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and she would have like failed in that regard, like quote unquote failed in, um, flirting or courting a man even more than just in like courtship that's probably just how people have always act acted around darcy is like acting very deferential like you know complimenting him when it's not necessary just because he's like an important rich guy and you don't want to make him as an enemy Mm -hmm. and here's elizabeth like acting like no one's ever acted around him before yeah it is kind of it's you know kind of annoying to say but she really was not like the other girls the other women or the other people in darcy's like circle Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) like someone who's really willing to challenge him yeah and i guess it's just like darcy he didn't know he wanted it but that's what he wanted (laughs) Uh uh-huh it's also i think it's a little bit of a testament to elizabeth's parents like of course they're terrible parents in a lot of ways but like this unorthodox way they've raised elizabeth has allowed her to you know not act according to how society deems that people should act or, you know, to act in a more independent and free way and in a more genuine and honest way, too. Yeah. And not even just Elizabeth, like all of the Bennett daughters, none of them really are as like husband seeking as Mrs. Bennett is like not even Lydia, like Lydia's main goal in life is to have fun, Mm -hmm. even though she is the most like Mrs. Bennett. It wasn't Lydia's goal to marry wealthy. Mm -hmm. It was just like Lydia's goal to have a good time and flirt with lots of handsome men like none of the daughters is like it's interesting that like none of mrs bennett's daughters had the same uh, like life goal that mrs bennett had which which was to land a husband yes specific uh, like in the best case scenario rich one but it doesn't really matter at a certain point to mrs (laughs) bennett a husband's a husband but i don't think jane is not interested in bingley for his money Mm -mm. no yeah like none of them really act um None of them act un... Uh, sorry. None of them act dishonestly. Like, they all act true to their own character. We don't see any of the Bennett daughters pretending to be someone they're not in order to um, in order to get a man's attention. Yeah. And then in just, like, a larger way, especially Elizabeth, you know, we can think about how she's unimpressed with uh, Lady Catherine. Meanwhile, yeah. like, Sir William, like, won't even, like, make eye contact with her. <laughs> you know, she just doesn't have that same, like... We've talked about this before, like, she respects, like, people who deserve respect, but she doesn't have that same, like, sort of deference towards, like, wealth just because of wealth, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, exactly. And that's why she is unlike them, the other <laughs> ladies. And that's why she won Darcy. Uh-huh. And she goes on to say, Had you not been really amiable, you would have hated me for it. For her, like, her deference. Her sauciness. Or, yeah, her yeah, sauciness, yeah. not deference. For her imp- Lack of deference. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For her impertinence, right? Her okay. impertinence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's like saying, but, you know, if you weren't a good guy, you would have hated my my impertinence. But you're a good guy. <laughs> you're amiable. Right. Okay. So deep down, Darcy is a good guy and he could recognize that there's value in like someone who will like challenge him a little bit. Right. That there's value in like someone who isn't just going to be deferential all the time. Mm-hmm. But if he was like actually a bad guy, then he would 
sincerely enjoy people who act deferential around him and expect everyone to do that, right? And that's not what Elizabeth wants. No. But in spite of the pains you took to disguise yourself, your feelings were always noble and just. And in your heart, you thoroughly despised the persons who so assiduously courted you. There, I have saved you the trouble of accounting for it. (laughs) For how you fell in love with me, Uh despite my impertinence. And really, all things considered, I begin to think it perfectly reasonable. To be sure you know, to be sure, you know, you knew no actual good of me. But nobody thinks of that when they fall in love. <laughs> well, there she is. I've saved you the trouble for of accounting for it. Yeah. Basically saying, I just answered your question. You're welcome. <laughs> or rather, I answered my own question. Just to go back to this, uh, had you not been really amiable, you would have hated me for my impertinence. But in spite of the pains you took to disguise yourself, your feelings were always noble and just. And in your heart, you thoroughly despised the persons who so assiduously courted you. Okay, so this first part of the sentence makes me think of Lady Catherine when it says, had you not been really amiable, you would have hated me for it, Mm. dot, dot, dot. You would have actually liked the people who so assiduously courted you, right? Yeah. Like, if you were corrupt at heart, you would have actually enjoyed, like... uh, Being surrounded uh, by, like, sycophants. Yeah, you would have actually enjoyed Mrs. Miss Bingley's attentions, right? Uh Uh-huh. But unlike, like, so the opposite of that is, like, a Lady Catherine, who does actually enjoy, like, Mr. Collins' sniveling, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. deference, right? Right. But Darcy's not like that. He doesn't like that. Mm. And then when she says, you took, but in spite of the pains you took to disguise your, yourself, your feelings were always noble and just. So what does that mean to you? In spite of the pains you took to disguise yourself, your feelings were always noble and just. Just, like, how he acts? Like, his, his, like, his air of haughtiness? I think so. I think she's talking about that outward pride that we saw at the beginning. Like, that's almost a disguise for Darcy. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not who he really is. He's not really that proud, like, man. But he, like, wears that disguise, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And in your heart, you thoroughly despise the persons who um, tried to court you. Like, yeah, like, a proud and haughty kind of person would, would, you would think, would want, like, to be surrounded by sycophants who are equally haughty and, like, turn their noses up at people. But actually, he doesn't want people to just agree with everything that he says and does. Uh-huh. Like, if he was actually that, the proud man that we thought he was at the beginning, then he would love it, like, everyone around him boosting his ego. Then he would actually enjoy that. Yeah. But Darcy is, it's kind of an interesting uh, paradox. Like, you know... Darcy is not, at his heart, not actually that proud, so he can admit people, like, deflating his ego, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Which makes him noble and just. Mm-hmm. Which makes him, like, true, a truly, like, noble person. At least, like, what Austin deems to be, like, a noble person. Mm-hmm. Is someone who isn't uh, inflating their own egos, but someone who, like conducts himself like gentlemanly right and doesn't need the ego boosts yeah of the yeah okay um and then yeah so she goes on to say um there i save you the trouble of accounting for Mm -hmm. it and really all things considered i begin to think it perfectly reasonable that you should fall in love with me (laughs) right (laughs) to be sure you know no actual good of me you knew you knew sorry Uh you knew no actual good of me but nobody thinks of that when they fall in love that's a joke She's like, people don't really think about whether or not someone's good or bad when they fall in love uh, with them. Do you think it's, do you think Elizabeth really feels like Darcy didn't know any good of her before he fell in love with her? 
Um, maybe. Like, they didn't really know each other. They didn't know each other that well, yeah. I think she's what she's driving home is the fact that, like, you liked that I was saucy, but, like, you really didn't know who I was. Uh-huh. You just liked that I was different from all of the women that you, like, that have, like been in your orbit this whole time and then and i come here i come charging into your life like a like Uh, like the you know non-sycophantic like free-thinking woman that i am elizabeth saying like that's the reason you liked me you didn't know whether i was like a good person at heart or not you just liked it that i like challenged you a little bit yeah you just knew that i liked her crack jokes (laughs) does does elizabeth believe this or is she just like joking here Maybe, like, deep, deep down, maybe she knows that, like, if Darcy is a good person, Darcy would see the good in Elizabeth, too. Mm-hmm. But that's just my reading. Like, I don't know. There's no real... Text. I think she... Yeah. Well, it goes on to talk about it a little okay. bit. But without the... Without this... Without the... What's about to come next? Like, I think it's, like, the... the if Darcy were a good person with who has like good morals and good judgment, he wouldn't fall in love with someone who wasn't a good person either. So in that way, it's like, it's almost like, like Darcy, Darcy's goodness and his his falling in love with Elizabeth is sort of like co-signing Elizabeth's goodness. Uh huh. I think she's kind of like joke. It's like mostly a joke. It's like I don't think joke. she thinks that. Darcy fell in love with her purely because she's impertinent and doesn't see any good in her. I think she, it's just kind of like saying, you know, you've never actually seen me, like, <laughs> be good. All you've seen me be is, like, saucy, kind of. Yeah. I think it's mostly just kind of, like, banter. Well, lively, not saucy. Like, lively. he sees the liveliness yes, yes, in her. Yes, lively. And that's driving, uh-huh. that he sees her best quality. Yeah. Like, her liveliness is what we keep talking about, like, how she is so... Like, what we like about Elizabeth, her liveliness and her playfulness. And Mr. Darcy sees that, so. And she's like, you fell in love with me just because of my liveliness without <laughs> ever seeing whether I was a good person or not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then Darcy responds, was there no good in your affectionate behavior to Jane while she was ill at Netherfield? Ah. So, there you go. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, exhibit A of Elizabeth's goodness is that. She walked all the way from Longbourn to Netherfield because she found out her sister was sick. That's actually, that's a very important moment in Darcy's progress toward falling in love with Elizabeth is when he sees her come in, like, having just taken that long walk. Yeah, and she's, like, covered in mud. and She's, like, flushed, I remember. Yeah, Uh I think, like, her hair was, like wild or whatever. And it's, like, very shocking to (laughs) Miss Bingley, of course. Yeah, Uh and then Miss Bingley immediately, like, talks smack about her, like, once she's out of the room. But, like... Yeah. As a way, not even, like, I... That's a whole other thing with Miss Bingley, but, like, I don't even know if Miss Bingley believes the things she says when she's trying to knock Elizabeth down. I think she just wants to say whatever it is to be in Darcy's favor. And she thought in that moment that putting Elizabeth down would be be in Darcy's favor. Uh Uh-huh. Based on, like, his outward manner, kind of. And I also think... Not that she took Elizabeth seriously as a rival at that point, but it's just, like, another young woman in the same room as Darcy, in the same, like, house. I gotta, like, dump on her a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Uh, but that's a good point. So he, when he saw that, he was, like, he saw the good in Elizabeth and that she's actually, like, loving and affectionate. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Bingley certainly would not walk three miles or whatever no, in the mud no, to visit Mrs. Mrs. Hurst. No. <laughs> okay. And then Elizabeth goes, dearest Jane, who could have done less for her? 
That's, that's nice. She's not even, she's like saying, well, it's it was Jane. Who wouldn't have done that for yeah, Jane? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's like pushing away all credits. It's yeah. not like anything special. It's just, it's Jane. Very <laughs> humble. Uh-huh. Satan himself would have walked that mile for Jane. Uh-huh. That, I feel like that's like classic, like British self-deprecation right there. <laughs> But make it a vir- but make your virtue of it by all means. She's like, I'll take it. Yeah, but if you're going to make it a virtue, go ahead. I guess. <laughs> My good qualities are under your protection, and you are to exaggerate them as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's joking. But she's like, you're the husband, and you have to exaggerate my good qualities. That's your job. <laughs> and in return, it belongs to me to find occasions for teasing and quarreling with you as often as may be. So that's the trade-off. Darcy gets to brag and boast of elizabeth's good qualities as much as he wants the, <laughs> and he should to, exaggerate that yeah, yeah to the point of being overly zealous about it yeah. and then in return elizabeth will have permission to tease him and quarrel with him as much as she wants uh-huh. sounds like a good deal and i shall begin directly by asking you what made you so unwilling to come to the point at last the point being what? why um oh wait what made like what made you come what took you so long to get to the point being, oh. like asking me to marry you yeah right, uh, right. <laughs> what took you so long what made you so shy of me when you first called and afterwards dined here what especially when you called did you look as if you did not care about or why why, sorry, yeah, yeah. why especially when you did call did you look sorry let me start over why especially when you called did you look as if you did not care about me so what are we talking about now? We're talking about when Bingley comes back uh-huh. and Bingley's with Darcy and Bingley and and they were invited to dine at Longbourn, the way the long waited dinner, family dinner uh-huh. at Longbourn for Mrs. Bennett. Um, and Elizabeth noticed that Darcy was like being very quiet and cold and not at all like how he was at Pemberley uh-huh. and only paying attention to uh, Bingley and Jane. And, like, why? He, she's just like, why were you so cold yeah. to me that night? Here's one little last loose end that we have to tie up. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what was the deal with that? Why yeah. were you being so silent and distant that night? Mm-hmm. And Darcy says, because you were grave and silent and gave me no encouragement. And Elizabeth goes, but I was embarrassed. And Darcy says, and so was I. And Elizabeth goes, you might have talked to me more when you came to dinner. A man who had felt less might... Oh, because that's so, sorry, to go back. The first uh, encounter between the two of them was It was when, like a party. Uh, it was just when, I think, Bingley shows up unannounced, right? Bingley yeah, and, yeah, and oh, Darcy, yeah, yeah. Bingley uh, and Mr. What's-His-Face. Yeah. <laughs> when you first called and afterward dine here. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, when um, Mrs. Bennet is up at the window and she sees yeah okay well so we're talking about both both in both both situations yeah yeah in both situations darcy said very little Uh uh-huh yeah and then then she was like well you know you could have talked to me more when you came for dinner yeah because you were here for a long time Mm -hmm. right yeah and then darcy says a man who had felt less might Mm. so like i was just so overcome with my emotions and i didn't know whether you were into me or not that i couldn't bear to to come talk to you right yeah i might have broken down in tears right in front of you no i don't think you would have done that but it is sort of like he's well you know us knowing mr darcy he's not a very like he doesn't he he does not like or like ornate language or flowery Uh, language yeah so yeah if he had spoken more it would have felt uh disingenuous of him like a mr collins mm-hmm. who would talk on and on and on this is a quality that he shares with elizabeth who in like a chapter a long time ago talks about how like 
the more flowery, like, the love poetry, the less, like, actual love there is, yeah. right? And I think that's kind of, that's an Austin philosophy as well. <laughs> and Darcy is of the same mind. Yeah. It's like, I was just feeling too strongly to even try to make love to you, right? <laughs> Meaning flirt. How unlucky that you should have a reasonable answer to give, and that I should be so reasonable as to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder how long you would have gone on if you had been left to yourself. I wonder when you would have spoken if I had not asked you. My resolution of thanking you for the kindness, for your kindness to Lydia had certainly great effect. Too much, I am afraid. For what becomes of the moral if our comfort springs from a breach of promise? For I ought not to have mentioned the subject. This will never do. Okay. So, generally, Elizabeth is asking, like, if I hadn't brought up the fact that you paid for Lydia's marriage, would you have ever brought up again the fact that you love me still, right? Yeah, yeah. When the two of them were walking, um, Eliz yeah, the, the first real conversation that they have alone mm. is to is for Elizabeth to thank him for Lydia. Yeah. But then, but then she's saying, you know, like, well, this also kind of is not a great way to start a courtship because the only reason we spoke was because I'd broken a promise to keep something a secret, and instead I blather, blabbered it out to you. Yeah, well, part A is when, if I hadn't mentioned Lydia, would you have brought up, like, the fact that you love me still and when? Mm -hmm. And part B is that I hope you would have because it doesn't, it doesn't look great that the, what re really reinvigorated our, like, romance or what, like, set off the fact that we're both, like, mutually attracted to each other is the fact that I, you know basically broke a promise and brought up to you something that you try to keep secret. Yeah, and then I promised to keep a secret, uh -huh. too, when she found out from Mrs. Gardner. Yeah, it's like it's almost like it, it kind of starts the relationship off, ship off with, like, a bad omen. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is kind of meta-language she's using. What, what becomes of the moral if our comfort springs from a breach of promise? Mm. The moral being, like, the moral of this tale, right? Yeah. What kind of, like, moral lesson is that to put at the end of us, our story if our romance really started when I broke a promise, yeah. right? What are we going to tell our children of uh -huh. how we decided to declare our love for each other? Oh, I broke a promise that I would never reveal this secret, <laughs> and then he, and then that's how I found out. This is all phrased kind of jokingly, but I think she does want to know the answer to this question. Like, Maybe. would you have said something if I didn't bring this up? Yeah, that's the question. Uh -huh. I don't think Elizabeth actually is like, are we, is this like a bad omen to start our relationship this way? No, I think... or she's like, this is going to teach the kitties at home a bad lesson. That's, that's the joke. Yeah, But yeah. It, it, within the joke is the, the real question of, would you have said something? Right, right. right. Like, if I hadn't instigated the conversation, would you, would you have ever told me you loved me? Okay. Darcy says, you need not distress yourself. The moral will be perfectly fair. <laughs> Lady Catherine's unjustifiable endeavors to separate us were the, means of were the means of removing all my doubts. I am not indebted for my present happiness to your eager desire of expressing your gratitude. I was not in a humor to wait for any opening of yours. <laughs> my aunt's intelligence had given me hope, and I was determined at once to know everything. Okay, okay. well, let's break this down. So Darcy's like, don't worry yourself. Like, the the moral of our story is going to be perfectly fine, right? Mm -hmm. 
I wasn't in doubt whether you love me or not because I already knew that you did from what Lady Catherine told me, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason that I finally told you I loved you is not because you expressed your gratitude. Like, I was going to tell you at some point, basically, right? Yeah, if Elizabeth hadn't opened up the question, or if Elizabeth hadn't thanked Darcy for what he did for Lydia, Mr. Darcy still would have declared his love for Elizabeth, is what Mr. Darcy's saying right now. That's what he's saying. When he says, I was not in a humor to wait for any opening of yours, (laughs) what does that mean? Like, I wasn't waiting for, like... I wasn't waiting for you to provide me the opportunity to tell you I love you. I would have told you I loved Uh you. Yeah, you just happened to beat me to the punch. Yeah, so Elizabeth, okay. So when she says, like, would, I, yeah. So she really wants to know, would you still have told me that you loved me if I hadn't brought up, like, the Lydia, the fact that you paid for Lydia's marriage, right? Did, was it imperative on me to bring it up for you to say something, right? Yeah, Elizabeth uh right now, she's worried that, she's worried that, like, she thinks that the reason, the, the, the thing that launched the, the, the like impetus for Darcy to declare his love for Elizabeth is because Elizabeth thanked him for what he did for Lydia. Yeah, and which she, she doesn't, she wants the answer to be no. She right. doesn't, she wants Darcy to have wanted to say something of his own accord. Yeah, and Darcy says, yes, I did. I, I like, what happened with Lady Catherine and what she told me convinced me that you still loved me and... I would have told you that that was the reason that I told you I loved you. Not yeah. because of you thanking me. I guess it was just convenient to bring it up at that moment, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Because, yeah, he says, I'm not indebted for my present happiness. Basically, I'm not in... We are not in debt. Like, we don't... It's not because of... Um, you breaking this promise, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Or rather of her expressing her gratitude. She's. He's like, it's not because... Like, we don't owe it to Lydia. <laughs> yeah, to, let's not... For, do, our, uh-huh. for our present happiness. <laughs> That's just something I did. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's not the reason we're together now. Mm-mm. It's not like you, you know, it's not like I was just put on the spot by you expressing your gratitude. Right. I was like, well, I might as well say I love her. Darcy came with the intention of saying, of declaring it at some point, And yes. it just happened to come out then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. My, yeah, my aunt's intelligence had, intelligence had given me hope and I was determined at once to know everything. Every, all of your feelings, right? Yeah. All of your feelings, Elizabeth. So don't worry, Elizabeth. We can thank Lady Catherine instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Elizabeth goes, Lady Catherine has been of infinite use, which ought to make her happy, for she loves to be of use. <laughs> That's true. But tell me, what did you come down to Netherfield for? Was it merely to ride to Longbourn and be embarrassed? Or had you intended any more serious consequence? So she's basically asking, like, did you... What did you come to Netherfield for? What did you come back to Netherfield with Bingley for? Uh-huh. Was it just to... <laughs> Especially that first time. Was it just to come to Longbourn and be embarrassed? Yeah. Or did you uh-huh. already have other intentions? Like... Meaning, were you gonna? Were you planning on like saying something to me, right? Yeah. Had you intended any more serious consequence? That's also like... It's jokingly more... phrased in a very serious way. The serious consequence meaning, like, marriage. Yeah. She's basically asking, like, did you come to um, Netherfield to propose to me? Like, w- with the idea that you were going to propose. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and Darcy says, my real purpose was to see you and to judge, if I could, whether I might ever hope to make me- you love me. My avowed one, or what I avowed to myself, was to see whether your sister were still partial to Bingley and if she were, 
to make the confession to him, which I have since made, hmm. being that I kept you apart and I was wrong, right? I think so. Uh... That's the confession he made to Bingley. And if she were to make the confession to him, which I have since made. Okay. Or is it to say that she loves Bingley? Well, that's part and parcel. So he... Okay, well, let's break this down a little bit. His avowed purpose, or the one he avowed to himself, right? Yeah. Which we already know, was to study Jane and Bingley together. Uh-huh. And to see if Jane was truly in love with Bingley, in which case he would give his blessing and also tell Bingley the whole, like, backstory, right? Um, well, it's phrased like like this. My avowed one, or what I vowed to myself, was to see whether Jane was still partial to Bingley. Mm-hmm. And if she were... Yeah. Oh, oh, I to see To make the mean. confession to, to Bingley, to which I have since Darcy made. Darcy would make the confession. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so he... This is more of, like, I'm telling myself I'm doing this, but there's a real reason I'm doing it beneath it. So yeah. Darcy told himself that he is coming to Netherfield to study Jane and Bingley together and to determine whether Jane really does love Bingley. And if that was the case, then he was going to, like, you know, bring that all out in the open. Be like, I was wrong when I told you to avoid Jane. Like, she is actually in love with you. And also, I'm sorry, but I kept you apart in London, (laughs) right? The the whole confession, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's his avowed purpose. But the real reason... Because that is the more moral purpose, is to, like... Help your friend, Help your friend, A, and, you know, confess your sins to your friend. Uh, It is also a wrong that needed to be rectified for the happiness of both of them. Yeah. But the purpose... And also, Darcy doesn't like to say he does things just for his own purposes, you know? Yeah. It's got to have this, like, construction of, oh, it's it's for the good of someone, right? It's for the good of society. Like, yeah. it's my, you know... It's a moral good. Uh, like, it's my fault Wickham is out there, like, seducing <laughs> young women because I should have doubted him, right? Exactly. Okay, well, his avowed purpose is to help Jane and Bingley, really, to see whether... Jane is actually partial to Bingley, but the real purpose under that, which he didn't even admit to himself at the time, was to see Elizabeth. Yeah. (laughs) Elizabeth goes, shall you ever have the courage to announce to Lady Catherine what is to befall her? (laughs) Meaning what? The shades of Pemberley will be thus polluted (laughs) by Elizabeth's presence. Uh Uh-huh. She's almost like taking on Lady Catherine's voice. Like, how could you do this to me? (laughs) Darcy says, I'm more likely to want time than courage, Elizabeth. I'm more likely to lack time than courage. Yeah. But it ought to be done, and if you will give me a sheet of paper, it shall be done directly. So what does this first sentence mean? I'm more likely to lack time than courage. I I read it as like, like he needs to do it immediately because word has gotten out and I need to write to Lady Catherine before she finds out from Mr. Collins. I God think forbid. that's what he's saying. I yeah, think so. like she's gonna find out soon. So I I have plenty of courage. I'm not afraid of telling her. It's just that I gotta tell her right away. Kind yeah. Of, right. Yeah. I'll tell her right now. If you uh, give me a sheet of paper. Yeah, give me a paper. I'm gonna write the letter now. <laughs> Elizabeth goes, and if I had not a letter to write myself, I might sit by you and admire the evenness of your writing. As another young lady once did. And who's that? <laughs> Miss Bingley. Just <laughs> oh, really, you know. I think she's going to be making fun of Miss Bingley this whole marriage. <laughs> yeah. But I have an aunt, too, who must not be longer neglected. And who's that? Uh, Mrs. Gardner. Yeah. Of course. Mrs. Gardner. Uh-huh. All right. From an unwillingness to confess how much her intimacy with Mr. Darcy had been overrated... Elizabeth had never yet answered Mrs. Gardner's long letter. So what is this saying? So remember a long, long time ago, 
um, Elizabeth wrote to Mrs. Gardner asking why Darcy was at Lydia's wedding. Right. And Mrs. Gardner wrote that long, long letter, basically like detailing the that Darcy found them. Darcy came to the Gardners. Darcy paid off Wickham. Darcy got them married, mm-hmm. and it was all hush hush to be. And then Mr. Gardner would take all the credit. Right. That's the long letter that Miss. Um, Mrs. Gardner wrote. That and, she's referring to. Yeah. Yes. But if you also remember, at the very end of that letter, she basically is just like, well, I also want to just tell you, I really like Mr. Darcy. Uh-huh. And I certainly hope that if whenever, once, you, once you're at Pemberley, Elizabeth, to not forget about me and to invite me to all of your parties. Right. Something she, to that something She to basically that implies that she thinks that they're engaged, right? Yeah. That there was like... Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Uh, like there's a secret engagement or yeah. something. So Elizabeth has has yet to answer that letter because at that time she, they were not engaged yet, and she didn't even know whether Darcy was ever going to propose again. Yeah. So she was hesitant to answer the letter because it would be kind of awkward to be like, "Sorry to disappoint you, Aunt Mrs. Gardner, but you know, you you're wrong. We're actually not engaged. <laughs> like I haven't talked to him in months, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. That her. Elizabeth's intimacy with Mr. Darcy had been overrated. So that's why she hasn't answered the letter until now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll start from the beginning. From an unwillingness to confess how much her intimacy with Mr. Darcy had been overrated by Mrs. Gardner, Elizabeth had never yet answered Mrs. Gardner's long letter. But now, having that to communicate, which she knew would be most welcome, she was almost ashamed to find that her uncle and aunt had already lost three days of happiness and immediately wrote as follows. I like that. Mrs. Gardner, Mr. and Mrs. Gardner had, are, have been kept in the dark about Elizabeth and Darcy for three days now. That's how long ago they got engaged. Yeah. It's been three days since. Uh-huh. Which, like, I get why Elizabeth would feel bad because they're the ones who were team Elizabeth and Darcy this whole time. Uh-huh. And now they have to, like, find out three days after everyone else knows. Yeah. Well, they're probably waiting in, like, a little bit of suspense. I'm sure Mrs. Gardner was hoping to get a letter back being like, well, you're welcome at Pemberley any anytime, yeah, right? Yeah. That was a while ago. Uh-huh. That was long, long time ago. Before... This was right on the heels of Lydia getting married. Yeah. Well, so, so now that she can finally, now that Elizabeth has caught up to where <laughs> Mrs. Gardner thought that she and Darcy were, yeah, which means they're engaged now. Now uh-huh. she can write to them and being like, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Wasn't true when you first wrote, but it's it's true now that we are engaged. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Okay. She, she wrote as follows. Mm-hmm. I have thanked you before, my dear aunt, as I ought to have done. Oh, sorry, sorry, let me start over. I would have thanked you before, my dear aunt, as I ought to have done, for your long, kind, satisfactory detail of particulars. But to say the truth, I was too cross to write. Basically, like, I should have thanked you earlier, but I was too upset. Mm -hmm. You supposed more than really existed. Again, the overrating Darcy and Elizabeth's relationship. You thought we were together already, pretty Mm -hmm. much. But now... Suppose as much as you choose. <laughs> so she's like, you supposed more than really existed back then. Mm-hmm. But now, suppose as much as you want to. Yeah, we could also like change out suppose with assume, I feel yeah. like here. Uh-huh. Like assume away now. Yeah. Give a loose to your fancy. Like let your imagination run wild. Uh-huh. Indulge your imagination in every possible flight which the subject of our engagement will afford. And unless you believe me actually married, you cannot greatly err. So basically, we're everything but married at this point, uh-huh. right? You must write again very soon and praise him a great deal more than you did in your last. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you again and again for not going to the lakes. 
How could I be so silly as to wish it? And remember, they wound up stopping at Pemberley because their trip to the lakes got derailed. Yeah, Elizabeth was really in a depressive mood then. She was like, what are men to the rocks and mountains? Fuck all men. <laughs> well, that was basically, what are rocks and mountains to men? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are lakes to men? <laughs> Your idea of the ponies is delightful. So I wanted to like go back to see what exactly Mrs. Gardner wrote about the ponies. <laughs> so what is it? way back in volume three, chapter 10, at the end of the letter that Mrs. Gardner writes, she goes, um, la la la, um, pray forgive me if I've been very presuming, or at least do not punish me for as so far as to exclude me from P. P meaning Pemberley. Yes. I shall never be quite happy till I've been all around the park. A low phaeton with a nice little pair of ponies would be the very thing. Mm, phaeton is a carriage. Yeah. So <laughs> I like that she's like, you'll have your ponies, don't uh, worry, Mrs. Gardner. Yeah. Um, your, yeah, your idea of the ponies is delightful. We will go around the park every day. I am the happiest creature in the world. Perhaps other people have said so before, but not one with such justice. Mm -hmm. Who else has claimed to be at least the happiest man in the world? Several, several times. Se oh, Collins? Collins, yeah. yeah. I am happier than, even than Jane. She only smiles, I laugh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Mr. Darcy sends you all the love in the world that he can spare from me. <laughs> you are all to come to Pemberley at Christmas, yours, etc. Aw, lovely. Yeah, very nice. Mr. Darcy's letter to Lady Catherine was in a different style, <laughs> and still different from either was what Mr. Bennet sent to Mr. Collins in reply to Mr. Collins's last letter. Right. And this is the letter from Mr. Bennet. Dear Sir, I must trouble you once more for your congratulations. Elizabeth will soon be the wife of Mr. Darcy. Console Lady Catherine as well as you can, but if I were you, I would stand by the nephew. He has more to give. <laughs> Yours sincerely, etc., Mr. Bennett. He has more of what to give. Um, like uh, positions and money. Money, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Also, like this this letter really just goes to show how much Mr. Bennett hates writing. It's like not even two cent. No, it's like four sentences. This is a this letter is outright insulting. Yeah. This is like a a, a direct slap in the face. Yeah. I wonder how... Especially yeah. in response to how long-winded Mr. Collins's letter was. Basically telling them, don't cross Lady Catherine. Yeah. I guess well, that's what... I guess... Oh, go ahead. I'm well, sorry. he starts the letter, remember, with a congratulations to Jane. Mm -hmm. And then he spends the rest of the letter, like, you know, reprimanding Mr. Bennett and warning him not to let Elizabeth do anything. I guess it's apt revenge to how offensive that letter, how insulting Mr. Collins's last letter is to be like, hey, guess what? They're getting married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's like, well, thanks for the congratulations, but I need one more congratulations from you because Elizabeth is getting married to the guy that you told us not to let her marry, that guy. So, yeah. Uh -huh. And then he even tells her, I tells him, rather, Mr. Bennett even tells Mr. Collins, I'd stand by the nephew. I know you love Lady Catherine, mm -hmm. but I'd stand by the nephew. He has more to give. He penetrates into, like, Mr. Collins's true motivation, which is his own um, wealth and, like, advancement. It's like... Mr. Collins would switch sides, ought to switch sides, if it means, if he is, if his goal in life is to acquire, like, status 
I think this is the closest we ever get. Like, everyone knows Mr. Collins is a sniveling sycophant, but this is the closest we get to someone, like, saying it directly to him. Yeah. But that is, like, the the strong, not subtle implication of this, which is, like, I know you're a sniveling sycophant. Mr. Darcy can give you more, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're a smart guy, you would switch your allegiances. Uh-huh. You, you know, what's that word? Um, um, like, you know, strategizing person like scheming uh manipulative calculating yeah calculating yeah, okay. something like that um i do wonder how mr collins would feel upon receiving this letter how he'd react to it yeah i really don't know it's so offensive like you said it is it's very offensive i mean he also like it doesn't matter anymore you know he's they're mr bennett's daughters are no longer dependent on collins's kindness yeah that's so funny. He's basically been stripped of all power. Because he came into this situation with a lot of power. like All the power, uh, yeah. yeah. He had, you know, Longborn in the palm of his tiny little hand. <laughs> and now it's like, no one gives a shit about Longborn. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, got... you could have Longborn. <laughs> yeah, right? you could yeah. have all of it. The Longborn and the, the, the one horse <laughs> that they have. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take it. They have Pemberley. They have Netherfield Park. I gotta think he would, Mr. Collins... I don't know. It's hard to get into his psychology. I think he would recognize the insult, but I don't think he would do anything about it, probably. No. Because then he would risk crossing Mr. Darcy. Exactly. Yeah, he's... he's Whatever. Okay. So, after that, it says, Miss Spingley's congratulations to her brother on his approaching marriage were all that was affectionate and insincere. <laughs> so, Miss Bingley's congratulations to Bingley yep. about his marriage to Jane... We're all that was affectionate and insincere. Yep. Hilarious. Just, you know, Miss Bingley doing Miss Bingley's thing, uh -huh. which is to be affectionate and insincere. She wrote even to Jane on the occasion to express her delight and repeat all her former professions of regard. Ugh. The absolute gall. Mm -hmm. Last time Jane and Miss Bingley spoke was in London, and Miss Bingley... Was so cold. So cold, yeah. could not wait to get out of Jane's um, company and, uh -huh. like, and, you know, was actively deceiving Jane to prevent her from knowing Mr. Bingley was... Or, no, no, actively deceiving her own brother. And Jane knows this. Yeah, and uh, also, you know, actively yeah. deceiving Jane to say that, like, oh, my, my brother's not available. Yeah. Mm -mm. And so now she has the nerve to write her congratulations and give her a lot of, like, phony compliments. Yeah, act as if that, uh. that interaction never happened. Okay. Jane was not deceived, but she was affected... And though feeling no reliance on Miss Bingley, could not help writing her a much kinder answer than she knew was deserved. Aww. All right, so I really like this. This is an interesting paragraph, and to, an example, a great, a great example of a static character and a dynamic character, but a character who changes in like a subtle, interesting way. Yeah. So Miss Bingley does not change at all. She's been like, I, I have to imagine this is a humbling of some sort for her that he's gonna marry Jane. Like, yeah. going against her express wishes, right? Mm -hmm. But she still is, like, not changed enough to be like, well, I guess, you know, I still gotta play the game. I gotta send along these hollow compliments. Yeah. And Jane, so now Jane is the dynamic one. She has changed. She receives this letter, and she is not deceived at all by it. She sees through it right away. She knows Miss Bingley is a scheming, calculating, like, liar, right? Mm -hmm. but, and, but she was affected. So she sees through it, but it still affects her in some way. Yeah, she's able to, and that's the good thing about, great thing about Jane, is that <laughs> she is able to change for the better without becoming cynical for it. She even feels 
emotionally touched. Uh-huh. She feels touched. That by... she would write this terrible letter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But she is smarter now. She's it's not like the old Jane where she would just be like the old Jane would be like, Oh, see, like I was I misjudged our interaction at London. I thought she was being cold, but actually she's not being cold at all. Like now Jane knows Caroline is not to be trusted. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is Jane has moved closer to like an Austin ideal, which is still like extremely kind, but with a clear head. Mm. You know, you can still like, you can still be kind to a terrible person and recognize that they're a terrible person. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Jane was not deceived, but she was affected, and though feeling no reliance on her, and even though Miss Bingley had could in no way really affect Jane's life. Like, Miss Bingley has no power here, right? Yeah, they're not really friends. It doesn't... There's no reason for Jane to even really maintain this relationship. <laughs> though though feeling no reliance on Miss Bingley, she could not help writing her a much kinder letter than she knew was deserved. Jane's just... Jane's a good person. Jane's not gonna be like, you're a liar, and I know you're a liar, and I hate you, uh, and you're, you're scheming, manipulative, and you're fake. Yeah, well, that would be... That would be bad writing. That would be bad writing. That's like an example of where a dynamic character is worse than a static character. If she were to do that, if she were to be like, click, I know who you, I know who you are now, right? Yeah. Which is, which, the, what Jane actually does is de- demonstrative of her actual goodness. Like the uh. goodness, like the goodness where like Elizabeth's like, you are just too good. You are so good that like, I don't even need to be good because you'll be doubly good for us both. It's yeah. like, that is true. Like Jane genuinely is that good a person where she can... She can take this, like, take this fakery and resp- rather than respond with, like, with um, spite, she responds with kindness. Uh-huh. That's one of, maybe one of the few instances in this book of, like, true, like, Christian charity. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this is, I like this phrase, she could not help writing her uh, a much kinder answer than she, than Jane, she herself knew was deserved. So this is more talking about this, like, complicated, like, uh, or a more complicated psychology of Jane, is that she still wouldn't be nice, but she knows it's more than is deserved. Yeah. It's it's sort of like Jane has gained some more self-worth, in compar- especially in comparison to uh-huh. Miss Bingley. Like, uh, yeah, like she knows she's being the bigger person right now. And that's a much more satisfactory triumph to have over her. Yeah. It's like, I know you're full of BS, but I'm going to still rise above you. (laughs) Well, not even that's what Jane... Jane isn't even thinking that. She's like, I know you're still full of BS, but I'm still going to write you a kind response. It's not to lord it over you. It's just because that's... That's who I am. That's the thing to do, I guess. Yeah. That's who I am, yeah. Interestingly, there's no, um, no reaction from Miss Bingley on Darcy's engagement. Oh, that's a good point. I don't think we need to see that. Maybe. I think that that's a, a stated silence, right? Yeah, yeah. Not that she has to. Like, she has no relation, really, to Miss or Miss Bennett, to Elizabeth. I think maybe if we were to think about it more like that scene, that great scene where Darcy finally, like, tells Miss Bingley off, is kind of just like, after that, Miss Bingley knew what there was to know. First of all, like, probably got a very strong sense that Darcy was in love with uh, Elizabeth, and that was gonna happen. But moreover than that, that there was no hope for her to win Darcy over. Yeah. So maybe she had just resigned herself to that fate anyway. Yeah, that was the true. Yeah, like that was the true nail on the coffin. The engagement is almost almost like an afterthought. Uh-huh. 
it's almost like I feel like it would be if she accepts that Darcy is not hers for the taking at that point, then it would be a bigger deal to be like, oh, now Jane is going to be my sister in law. This woman who I like actively tried to cut out of the family. Right. Yeah, it is. It is kind of like, I don't know. It is strange how not strange, but it is like for Caroline, like she doesn't really change as a result of like her uh, her expectations being not met. Like the 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 Darcy confrontation, the confrontation with Darcy didn't really change her. She didn't like take a lesson out of it. She's just continuing to be her normal self. Yeah, that's that's who she is. I guess but, you know some people do that when like they're disappointed, they just dig down deeper into the yeah. personality that they're already in. You know, right? I think we talked about this in an earlier chapter, but I like the, the I like to think that like Jane Austen isn't saying that people are incapable of change she is saying that it takes it takes a very special person to change for the Mm. good for the better it's hard work to change yeah i don't think caroline bingley wants to put in that work and like i said i think sometimes you know like well i think it's like it's not always bad writing to have static characters and sometimes dynamic characters like you can write dynamic characters badly Mm. to where it would be better if they were static yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, Miss Bingley's not really the point, but it would be, I am kind of interested to see her story, like, the Miss Bingley story. Yeah, like, is she gonna go back to her usual, would, would she go back to her usual, like, conniving, like, sycophantic self? Is she or... just gonna try to find another Darcy to latch on to? Maybe. I also love that now it's like, well, okay, I also think, well, Miss Bingley kind of has to be affectionate even if it's insincere, because guess who's the mistress of Netherfield Park now? Yeah, yeah. Well, and Bingley is the brother. He's, like, owns, like, he he really controls the family finances. He controls the finances, uh-huh. but Miss Bingley used to be the head of the household. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But now it's going to be Jane. She's been replaced by Jane. If she wants to still be invited to Netherfield Park, yeah. she, gotta, she has to play ball with Jane. Yeah, like, if Jane were an eviler person, she could totally kick out Caroline uh-huh. if she wanted to, but she obviously wouldn't. But, like, now Caroline's livelihood depends a little bit, at least on Jane. Uh, at least a little bit, yeah. Yeah. She can't make an enemy of Jane. Mm-mm. Nope. But Jane has the power to make an enemy of Caroline if she chose to. That's true. Yeah, she's just lucky Jane is so bene- benignant. Benevolent. Benign. Benevolent. <laughs> Benignant? Oh, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Yeah, you want to keep reading? The joy which Miss Darcy expressed, Miss Georgiana Darcy expressed, on receiving similar information was as sincere as her brother's in sending it. Yay! Uh Uh-huh. Miss Georgiana Darcy. Four sides of paper were insufficient to contain all her delight and all her earnest desire of being loved by her sister. Four sheets worth. Well, four sides. So, like, four pages of letter. Yeah, so, like, two pieces of paper front and back, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Uh-huh. Georgiana just wants a sister. Which a, is... They're, a good they're, sister. Not, they're pretty... Not, no, Miss, not Miss Bingley. Not Miss Bingley. They're pretty cl- close in age, Elizabeth and Georgiana. They're closer yeah. than Georgiana and Darcy. Definitely. Like, Georgiana's 16, 17-ish. Elizabeth's around 20. 20, yeah. Yeah, so they're they're almost of sisters, sister age. Yeah. I think that's gonna be... I'm sure Miss Darcy is definitely craving like uh, another woman in her life who is not like an old uh tutor right <laughs> not mrs reynolds not mrs <laughs> or mrs young oh yeah that's right uh, or you know she's been like raised by darcy like for a long time now yeah and darcy is a good brother but he can only give her so much and there's 
like maybe she hangs out with the Debergs, but mm. she's not getting that companionship from Miss Bingley. I can tell you that Miss Bingley or Miss Deberg. Yeah. yeah. No, this is a good. This is great. This is also great news for Georgiana. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Before any answer could arrive from Mr. Collins or any congratulations to Elizabeth from his wife, Charlotte, the Longbourn family heard that the Collinses were come themselves to Lucas Lodge. All right. So now we're just kind of going through all everyone's reaction. So we don't hear anything from Mr. Collins in regards to Mr. Bennett's very curt letter. Mm-hmm. But then they soon heard that the Collinses themselves are going to come and stay at Lucas Lodge. Mr. Bennett's letter is like the modern equivalent of answering a very long text with K. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just have to put that in there. (laughs) The reason of this sudden removal was soon evident. Lady Catherine had been rendered so exceedingly angry by the contents of her nephew's letter that Charlotte, really rejoicing in the match, was anxious to get away till the storm was blown over. So Charlotte just doesn't want to be around for Lady Catherine's, like raging against this match for her diatribes right yeah more to mr bennett's point about how mr collins should side with the nephew is like mrs i mean sorry not mrs lady catherine probably would um would kind of take out her anger at mr collins because he's he connected is to the family he's, he's elizabeth's cousin so mm-hmm. like at that point, it's like, yeah, it's time to, to you know, switch allies and get out before Lady Catherine, like, removes you of your post and, like, um, really punishes you for what Elizabeth did to her. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is also a nice little character piece about Charlotte. We always knew Charlotte was not the sycophant that Mr. Collins is. Like, mm. Charlotte recognizes that Lady Catherine is, like, their livelihood depends on her. And she's very, like, polite around Lady Catherine, but she's not like Collins. She was never, like, throwing herself at Lady Catherine's feet, like, constantly praising her, like, <laughs> as if she were a god. Yeah. And so I think this is even more to, like, hers, the the fact that she does not rely on Lady Catherine in the same way that Collins does to, like, take her talking points, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, she is such a convert to Lady Catherine that she's gonna hate this match, too. In fact, it's the opposite. She is so in favor of Elizabeth and Darcy together that she doesn't want to be around Lady Catherine to, like, hear her criticize it, right? That's right. But it's also because, well, remember, like, pretty earlier, pretty early on when Elizabeth, um, I think was at Lucas Lodge, like, Charlotte noticed the sort of relationship, the mm-hmm. budding, budding relationship between Elizabeth and Darcy. Oh, sh- and she was thinking to herself, like, oh, what, how can, honestly, like, how can I, um... How could I profit off of this? I think Charlotte was the first one to really notice it. And of course she noticed it at Rosings too. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So, And she's going to be happy for her friend. She is. Yeah. Remember, she's the one who encouraged Elizabeth to dance with Darcy in the first place. Right. And Charlotte, you know, Charlotte's someone who thinks about the economics of marriage. She knows that Elizabeth has struck gold, that she hit the big time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At such a moment, the arrival of her friend was a sincere pleasure to Elizabeth, the arrival of Charlotte. Though, in the course of their meeting, she must sometimes think that pleasure dearly bought (laughs) when she saw Mr. Darcy exposed to all the parading and obsequious obsequious civility of her husband. Obsequious civility of her husband. So, Elizabeth is very happy that Charlotte's there, 
but she's like, is it worth the cost of having to have Mr. Collins around Darcy all the time? Right? Yeah, the pleasure of being with um, Charlotte was dearly bought. Like it came at a great cost because then she had to subject Mr. Darcy to um, the company of Mr. Collins. So clearly Collins is not uh, like trying to make an enemy of Darcy. Yeah, he maybe is, he did take what Mr. Bennett said to heart. Maybe he, like, read that letter and he, like, is just so, has so little self-awareness that he's like, hmm, maybe there's something to this, <laughs> you know, maybe Darcy has some money to give me, right? Yeah, I mean, they are kind of jumping ship. They're jumping uh, off the, the ship of Lady Catherine. They're abandoning her when she needs help the most. <laughs> exactly. Okay. This also may, reminds me of that scene when, uh... Collins approaches Darcy at the ball and, like, starts talking to him, and Darcy just, like, stares at him without a word. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what What are you? <laughs> what is this thing that's talking to me? <laughs> All right, but he's got to put up with it now because he is technically related to Collins. Yeah. Good God. Okay. But good news. Darcy bore it, however, with admirable calmness. He bore all Mr. Collins' ridiculousness with admirable calmness. That's funny. He didn't, like, tell him to stop talking to him or anything. He just kind of dealt it. I don't think he it. replied a lot, but <laughs> he remained calm. This is, this is, all of this is Elizabeth's baggage, unfortunately, uh, is that he has to deal with um, Mr. Collins. First and yes, yes, he's got to deal with the family. Mm -hmm. He already, he's met the, well, we've seen him deal with the immediate family a little, now he's got to deal with the connections. Yeah, the connections, yes. Uh -huh. The family first, then the connections. Um, I think that word admirable is Elizabeth's word. Oh, yeah. The admirable calmness. <laughs> he could even listen, Darcy that is, Darcy could even listen to Sir William Lucas when Sir William complimented him on carrying away the brightest jewel of the country and expressed his hope of their all meeting frequently at St. James with very decent composure. Okay, so Mr. Darcy could even listen to the ridiculous Sir William Lucas as he compliments him on marrying Elizabeth, who he calls the brightest jewel of the county, right? Country. Of the country, I'm sorry. The well, I think country. that means the... Sur not like England, hard, No, like right? hard for sure, uh -huh, The surrounding country. Yeah. And Darcy can even bear it with decent composure when Sir William expresses his hope of them all meeting at St. James. Now remind us, what is St. James, Grace? It's the court of the king, right? This is why Sir William is a sir. Because one time he met the king at St. James, like the court. Yeah, he he's, was knighted He's there. never been back there since. He's never going back there. Yeah, when he is, quote, expressing his hopes of they're all meeting frequently at St. James's, he's basically saying... Oh, Mr. Darcy, I hope you will invite me or you will find a way to be able to get me an invitation back to St. James's because he thinks Mr. Darcy has that kind of pull, which he probably does. Oh, I like that reading. I kind of just read it as like he's just being more ridiculous. Like obviously oh. Sir William is never going to go to St. James again. I read it as like his him being like um, calculating and trying to uh, curry more favor. Oh, no, unfortunately, trying to curry favor. With Mr. Darcy by uh, getting him an invite. I like that better. I think when I said it, I, when I read it, it was just so Sir William is dumb and like, <laughs> like unself-aware. But I think that's a little bit nicer to Sir William. <laughs> At least he's like, yeah, I, I like that reading. He's uh, seeing what Darcy can do for him. Maybe. Well, yeah. regardless. It could, be, it could be a little of both. He could uh -huh. think like, oh, I deserve to be at St. James. but he, Or like, I have a proper standing at St. James. But it can also be like... Well, Darcy can also get me to St. James. <laughs> uh -huh. 
And it also just makes himself seem important, too. Like, hear yeah. me, I'm going to bring up that one thing that I've been talking about my whole life. The one time I, like, spent one day <laughs> at the royal court, right? Yeah. That must be, like, just more of the, like, the brilliance of Jane Austen, like, revealing everyone's, like, internal, like, in- internal worlds. It's, like, mm-hmm. it kind of maybe, if to, to go with how I read this, it's sort of, like, it, it shows, like, Sir William's, like design like he brags about having been at st james's but he what he really wants oh sorry yeah st james yeah, yeah but what he really wants is to go back there he hasn't yes. been invited back no so he talks and talks and talks about how to what about his being at court but uh-huh. what he really wants is to go back to court a second time yeah well he's really he's like a comparatively like insignificant person like, the Bennets are richer than the Lucases, and the Bennets are not that rich to begin with. Right. And, like, we saw him at Rosings. Like, he is not, in the, per, like, presence of a real noble personage, he is nothing. He's a void, basically. <laughs> and, and it just, like you said, you know, every character in this book is, like, a, their own universe. So in a lesser book, like... Everyone hears that Elizabeth is marrying Darcy and there's like parading in the street and all anyone can think about is how happy they're going to be, which that's a bad book. But in Austin, it's like people hear this news and they're like, well, how can I, you know, direct it back to me? How can I get it back into my concerns? And so Sir William hears this and it's like, well, this here's an opportunity to talk about St. James, right? Yeah. (laughs) I do like, it's like (laughs) Darcy, he bears the um, company of... Mr. Collins with Admiral Calmness, mm-hmm. and he bears the company of Sir William Lucas with decent composure. I think he's getting, it seems like he's going down, like admirable <laughs> calmness goes down to decent composure. <laughs> he's just barely, it's an okay composure. He's holding it together enough now. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's also, it's just like Sir William, there's a, there's a lot to think about it. He's almost like putting himself, he's like, Hey, you, me and Darcy, we're in the same rank, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll meet at Sir St. James's someday. Oh, God. Yeah. Meanwhile, at least... my daughters are in the kitchen cooking. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not like Mr. Collins is claiming to be of the same social... He, he would like, never do that. Yeah. yeah. But now Sir William has the, the nerve to say that, like, oh, Mr. Darcy and I, we're the same people. <laughs> yeah, right, basically. We're of the same rank, right? <laughs> All right, you want to read this last paragraph for us? Oh, wait, there's more to the last paragraph. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. So he bears uh, Sir William with very decent composure. If Darcy did shrug his shoulders, it was not till Sir William was out of sight. So another, more proof that he is kind of, he has a higher tolerance for Collins than Sir William, I guess. Yeah. But he holds it together enough to wait till Sir William's out of sight to, like, shrug sarcastically, I think. Or, like, shrug in disappointment. Yeah. Something like that. To have, like, a less noble reaction uh-huh. to like you know it's not shrug in the way like indifferent like we yeah. use it sometimes i don't quite i like to read it as shudder <laughs> <laughs> yeah he shuddered once once mr once sir william left mrs phillips's vulgarity was another and perhaps a greater tax on mr darcy's forbearance mm-hmm. and though mrs phillips as well as her sister, Mrs. Bennet, yeah. stood in too much awe of him to speak with the familiarity which Bingley's good humor encouraged. Yet, whenever she did speak, whenever Mrs. Phillips did speak, she must be vulgar. Okay. It's just, Mrs. Phillips is just, she's a townie, you know? Mrs. Phillips is Mrs. Bennet without any, without having married up at all. Yeah. yeah. So she has, like, all, like, 
the coarse manners of like the middle class sorry uh -huh. but and she never left it she is like a lifelong member of like this sort of lower middle class yeah yeah in another world elizabeth could have been born to mrs phillips and mr phillips and she would not in that way she really would not have been able to marry darcy because elizabeth's father is um noble right you know, he's a gentleman Mr. Mr. Bennett is a gentleman. Mr. Bennett so is a gentleman. So Mrs. Bennett married up into the gentry. It's like a lower rung of the gentry, but she did marry up into it. Yeah. Mr. Gardner made enough money. He, you know, he's still like in trade, but he made enough money to like give himself some like manners, I guess, right? Yeah. So Mrs. Phillips is kind of like Mrs. Bennett if she hadn't even married up. Mrs. Bennett without any sort of circumstances. Yeah. And so even though she like wants to be deferential and polite in the same way mrs bennett is around darcy she can't help but be vulgar she's like even worse than mrs bennett and just like everything she says is i don't know mispronounced and like with bad grammar and, yeah and like, like probably like crass language uh, yeah <laughs> nor was mrs phillips respect for darcy um wait nor was her respect for him mm -hmm. though it made her more quiet at all likely to make her more elegant. Mm. So, Mrs. Phillips, no amount of respect for Darcy that Mrs. Phillips has will be, make her less vulgar or more elegant. She just has no, like, finishing in society. It's not yeah. really Mrs. Phillips' fault. Yeah, this is just not the people she hangs out with. She, yeah, has no friends in the gentry. Like, you know, she throws parties for soldiers. That's really, like, kind of her crowd. It'd be like if you like you and I were thrown into court with the queen and we suddenly had to learn how to like conduct ourselves. It's like we're gonna mess up. I guess so. I have I hope I do better than Mrs. Phillips, but <laughs> okay, I don't fine. know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's some vulgarity that hasn't been <laughs> refined out of me yet. Elizabeth did all she could to shield him from the frequent notice of either mm -hmm. <laughs> either Mrs. Phillips or her sister. And was ever anxious to keep him to herself and to those of her family with whom he might converse without mortification. Mrs. Phillips' sister. I'm sorry, just to clarify that. Mrs. Bennett, Yeah, right? sorry, yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To shield him. I like that word. Uh -huh. From the frequent notice of either Mrs. Phillips or Mrs. Bennett. Yeah. And was ever anxious to keep him to herself and to those of her family with whom he might converse without mortification. Mm -hmm. That's just like Jane. That's all it is. Right? And the gardeners. Oh, yeah, the gardeners. Yeah. The gardeners aren't there. No, yeah, the gardeners aren't there. But I'm just, of the connections. But yeah, Jane, I guess. I guess in the moment, he can speak with Jane and Mr. Bingley. <laughs> yeah, and Elizabeth herself. And Elizabeth, uh -huh. yeah. And though the uncomfortable feelings arising from all this took from the season of courtship much of its pleasure, it added to the hope of the future. Okay, though the uncomfortable feelings arising from all this, meaning... All this, all these interactions yeah. with all her terrible connections, this, right? This parading. Uh huh. It takes from the season of courtship much of it, much of its pleasure. So, what yeah. is the, the season of courtship? Like the engagement. Yeah, the period of engagement. I think. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it's like it. This the whole, all of this did put a big damper on the engagement, but it gave them something to look forward to in the future. <laughs> At least they're getting this out of the way, right? And Darcy's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. He well, doesn't have to meet them first another time. Yeah. He is composed and calm. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. So he can deal with it. That's hope for the future. Uh, and she looked forward with delight to the time when they should be removed from society. So little pleasing to either. 
to all the comfort and elegance of their family party at Pemberley. Right. So good news, they're not going to have to see them every single day, right? Yeah. They're not going to be spending every day with Mrs. Phillips. Yeah. It's like every moment of torture here just is that one step closer towards never having to see them again. <laughs> They're going to have to see him sometimes. I know, but, but yeah. But that will not be the immediate family party all the time. Right. The immediate family party is Darcy and Elizabeth. And Miss Darcy. And Miss Darcy. And maybe the gardeners. And I'm sure Bingley and Jane will come visit too. The ideal. Yeah. That really is like what Elizabeth wants. Uh, this is the, the only people she wants to hang out with are those that we just described. She's going to have to see her family sometimes. But, I know. Uh, yeah, but... Not all the time. No. And Darcy did fine. He are doing fine. <laughs> he did fine. Yeah, he did fine. He didn't, like, he didn't, like, break down. He didn't, like, leave the room in a huff. He he composed himself. Well, and I think, you know, this whole journey we watched him go through is necessary for him to get to a place where he can, you know, deal with Sir William implying that they're on the same level without, like, <laughs> you know, leaving the room immediately. Yeah. Yeah. To well, be able to deal with Mr. Collins's like servility. Right. So really we he is he, we've he is being put over the the coals here like being what's it, like raked over the coals here because when he thought like the Bennets were like were going to be like lowly and trashy like boy he now has to face mm. he now has to come to terms with the fact that his his comp, his connections or her connections will include the uh, Collinses, mm -hmm. the Lucases, the Lucases, and the Phillipses. I mean, the Phillips are not that important for the book, but there's a reason that they visit the Phillipses last, which is that they're the lowest. That's the lowest connection that the Bennets have. It's the lowest connection that Darcy has now. Yeah, it's true. He has, like, it, Darcy has a connection who can't help but, like, speak vulgarly, even when she's trying to be polite. It's all worth it, though, to be married to the love of his life. Uh-huh. Right, and it also, I don't know, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, I know, to us, like, none of this really matters, pertains to us, but... It's a big deal to Darcy, but I think the part of the journey for Darcy is to, like, get over himself, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, he's gotta get over his pride, and nothing's gonna do that quicker than to admit that, you know, Mrs. Phillips is part of your family, <laughs> and that Collins is part of your family. Yeah, Mr. Darcy's Aunt Phillips. Uh -huh. <laughs> Can you imagine? That he's like, no, that's a, yeah, that he is now in the same, like, society as Sir William. Yeah, that his mother-in-law is Mrs. Bennet. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. I shudder at the thought. He bears it better than I would have. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, that was chapter 18. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we've got really just one more chapter to go. We're... We're almost there. We're done with the immediate story, pretty much. Like, they're engaged, and we've seen everyone's reaction, and Darcy has met everyone, and they can get married now. Yep. And it's so all, It's all good. Yeah. Next In this next chapter, we'll just, like, it'll be the classic Austin send-off chapters. We're going to see where everyone winds up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, we're almost done, yeah. but if you want to email us... What is, what's our address, Grace? Uh, you can find us at secondimpressionspod at gmail.com. Right, and we'll have some announcements in the next episode about future episodes and yeah. what you can expect. Yeah, we're not done yet. We're not done talking yet. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry. worry. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just when you thought you got rid of us, we're, we're back for more. <laughs> okay, yes, well, more announcements in the next episode. Yep, but, all right. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. So... 
Until the final chapter, mm -hmm. I'm Grace. And I'm Tom. Bye.